Hello and welcome to Power Reflections, a proud member of the Doof Network where we reflect on Wildbo's most scholastic work as it releases. I'm Ruben Morehouse. Oh no, I'm Milu Dubald. Yes, thanks Elliot. And we are here to talk about Gone Ahead 7.A. Oh, but don't forget about the uh, fan art contest. Oh yeah, Elliot, thanks. Um, so yeah, we have a fan art contest going on at the moment. Um, so make sure you get your submissions in. Theme is the power of the holidays, and uh, I think the submission deadline is the 4th of January. Uh, so make sure you get your submissions in. If you're not sure of the details, there should be a link in the show notes. If I remember to post it. <laughs> yeah, if Elliot remembers to post it uh, in the in the show notes for this episode. Um, a reminder, this is our uh, holiday schedule, which means that it's just me here. That uh, stunningly accurate imitation of Elliot was surprisingly just me doing his voice. Um, so we are doing a bit different uh, in terms of show schedule and stuff. Um, so today we'll be just talking about Gone Ahead 7.A, and we'll be just having me here. Uh, so sorry all you Elliot stands out there, but um, it's just me today. Uh, let's dive right into it, because of course 7.A is a Kevin Noon interlude, and I mean, yeah... I mean, yeah, right, like, all you can really do is sit back and sigh when you realise that we're in Kevin's head for this entire chapter, because, oh my god, I mean, he's obviously been set up as being the most horrible person in any of Wildbo's stories, and I was really looking forward to seeing what Wildbo would do to to get us to empathise with Kevin, and surprisingly, we really don't. I mean, yeah, the end of this chapter ends with us hating Kevin as much as we did at the start, right, um... We see a bit more of his life, but I really saw nothing that made me think that Kevin had any redeeming factors. Um, I pulled out a comment by... Actually, the top comment on the on the WordPress site under this chapter was by a user called uh, Yoziah saying, Okay, this is probably the most disgusting character in all of Varbo's works. And I mean, yeah... He is, right? Like, usually an interlude will do something to at least get you inside the head of a character, even when you don't like, right? Even characters like, uh, I mean, Nicolette was obviously a character that we started out not liking and then we got their her perspective and now we're, you know, getting more into her. Characters like Fernanda, who was always set up as somebody that you were kind of designed to hate, you at least started to understand by the end of their interlude. But... Boy, oh boy, this Kevin interlude really is just, uh, it's just reaffirms, reaffirms to us again why we hate him. Um, something I love about this chapter is we also get a lot more information on Ted in this chapter. And Ted has been a fascinating character this entire time, but it, it, he continues to be absolutely fascinating. First in this little scrap with Ulysses where we find out that basically... He's met Ulysses before. In fact, the implication I get is, if you're anyone that's anybody in this story, Ted probably has met you, fought you, maybe even befriended you, been your lover, whatever, right? Like, he has lived that before. Um, and I think that's so interesting, because obviously when you're thinking about a Groundhog Day character like Ted is, you think, okay, he'll, he's a strong fighter, he's probably, like, mastered a bunch of skills. But you forget, not only has he mastered, like, physical skills of, like, fighting, which Ted obviously has, but he's 
he's, he knows you. He intimately knows you both from being somebody very close to you and from fighting you. He probably knows more about how you fight than you do yourself because you've only got, you know, for Ulysses, he's whatever, 25, right? Ulysses has 25 years of getting to know himself. Ted has had many, many, many more. Um, and I just think that's great. Like, I just... I just continue to think that Ted is such a fascinating character. Um, in the Reddit comments, uh, user Meiji Howe says, all I want for Christmas is some extra material uh, excerpts from the Ted Chronicles. And yeah, 100%. Um, the other f fascinating factors about Ted, like he's had... The thing that I really love about Ted, actually, that we find in this chapter is we find out finally why he's working for Bristow. And of course, it's something that doesn't make sense for the characters in this timeline because it doesn't, there's, there's no real evidence for it. But Ted owes Bristow. I mean, in multiple loops, Bristow was the one who helped, who helped Ted out, who seemingly has helped Ted assemble the key players that he needed to defeat this beast, whatever, right? Um, to defeat his Goliath. And so he, to an extent, owes his life. To Bristow, and that's a much stronger debt than I thought it was, and so it makes a lot more sense why Ted is there on Bristow's team. I still think there's a potential way to break that up, but yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Um, oh, I mean, obviously we're in Kevin's head, so we kind of have to get back to discussing Kevin uh, in this chapter. Annoyingly, um, the, the the dynamic between Kevin and Ray is great. At the start of this chapter, we find out that Kevin is kind of suspicious of Ray, right? Because he's not able to ditch her. <laughs> and and uh, he's kind of starting to become aware that, that all the shit he's put Ray through has kind of latched her onto him. And not just that, he finds out that Ray is going to kill him at some point, which we're all looking forward to, I'm sure. And he just can't do anything about it because he knows that Ray is kind of just stuck to him. And I think that's great. I, like, what a fun dynamic to have this piece of shit character who has dragged someone in so who's dragged someone down so much that they're just a permanent part of his life and he can't get rid of them even if he wanted to. And then, of course, this is the person that's going to end his life. Like, the dynamic there is just so fun. Um, of course, we have to check in on the previous most hated character, Sharon, who, since she crossed the path of the Kenneteers, her life has... I'm struggling to find the right word. It, it hasn't improved, but it hasn't declined. It's more like it's doubled down, right? Like she's lost her boyfriend. She's lost her best friend in air quotes, which is obviously bad. But the ways that her life has gained, I mean, her, her, her videos are doing much, much better recently. Although the flip side to that is they're also a lot more active, which means there's a lot more kind of moderation energy and mental energy she has to invest into that. And I think that's great. It's just like, since her interaction with the Kennedy is, she has become more of what she is in a way that is, I mean, not necessarily positive or negative, although what Sharon is, is I would say negative. So becoming more of that is a negative thing, I suppose. Um, yeah, Sharon is just a, I mean, I obviously we hated her when we first met her, but compared to Kevin, she's almost pleasant. So yeah, I, I'm kind of a get, I'm keen to get more of Sharon in this story. Um, so yeah, about halfway through this chapter, Kevin gets into Alexander's study and stuff really starts going off of the rails, right? Um, I guess it's worth touching on the fact that Kevin, Shelley, and Sharon are able to so easily get in there at all. I think this is the real thing that is interesting about these aware is they are able to an extent exist outside of the system while still being a part of it, right? And so um, 
they can do things like break into a domain really easily, whereas that would be something that is unimpeachable for practitioners, right? Like from what we know about domains, it's basically suicide to try and break into one. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's really interesting that as the aware, they're able to just kind of get around rules when they want to in a way that is so interesting. Um, a through line of this chapter that I again found horrifying about Kevin is he sees himself as like Bristow in training and that reflects so badly on Bristow and also pretty badly on Kevin that that's his aspiration, right? Kevin obviously demonstrates in this chapter that something he's able to do to a pretty good degree is collect and use people in the same way Bristow does, right? Like he, he specifically does this with Shelley because he is in a way a kind of mini Bristow. He thinks, okay, what can I do? Oh, she Shelley's power will be useful in this situation. I'll give her a call and she can help me bluster through this. Um, but yeah, Kevin is basically sees himself as a mini Bristow and is so much closer to um, being just over the line in terms of aware to actually a practitioner than we thought. I mean, I think by the end of this conflict, it's highly likely that someone has tipped Kevin over into being a practitioner or not being aware anymore, being something else. Um, having that veil broken for him so much that he is, you know, more a part of the world and therefore um, more tied up in these systems that he's able to, to some extent, sidestep or dodge. I think that's something that would be quite fascinating to see. Um, yeah, of course, then this chapter closes out with really just reaffirming how much of a shitheel Kevin is when he basically goes ahead and with no compunctions murders, I mean, not murders, attempts to murder, you know, assaults some children, I guess you would call it. I, I don't know if it counts as attempted murder or not. You get the sense Kevin thought that they were probably going to be fine when he blew up that gas station. But again, that's not a real ironclad defense. I don't think that would hold up in a court of law. Oh, Your Honor, I knew the children would be fine when I, you know, horrifically burned them and, and basically blew them up. Um, yeah, the fact that Kevin just has no compunctions about killing children not only demonstrates how much of a piece of shit he is, but really bodes poorly for the Kenneteers, right? Like, he just does not give a shit, a solitary shit about it. Um, so, yeah. End of the Kevin interlude. If anything, we hate him more than we did at the start. So good job, Wildbo. You you brought us in. I expected to at least feel some sympathy for Kevin from this chapter, but really, really, there was absolutely none. Um, yikes. What a chapter it was, though. I mean, yeah, just, just the fact that we saw... I mean, one, the Ted stuff, so fucking good. Seeing Shelley in pain was also quite nice. Maybe that sounds cruel, but I'm in Kevin's head, so I'll allow it. Um, and of course, seeing how horrifying of a character Kevin can really be, I think bodes ill for the fact that the Kennedys are going to have to fight him pretty soon, right? Um, we spent some time in his head because almost certainly he's going to play an active role in this showdown. And so we need to color him out a bit more. Uh, but I'm just kind of terrified for the Kenneteers as a result now, right? Like, yeah, he's not just the evil eye. He is, he's smart enough and a piece of shit enough to be intimidating. Um, so yeah, look forward to that, Kenneteers.
But I guess that's the end of this chapter. Um, as a reminder, we're running a discussion question, just as a quick note. Obviously, because our schedule is a little bit wonky at the moment, we probably won't be doing answers to this discussion question for a little while, for another three chapters or so. Um, so stay tuned, keep, keep posting your discussion question answers, and we'll go th back through and answer them and, and look at them all, uh, you know, probably first episode back in the new year. Um, that discussion question is, is Bristow's new network a good idea? What changes would you make to it? Um, so yeah, thanks for joining. Leave your thoughts on this chapter in the discussion thread that is linked down below, or of course, leave your discussion question answers there. Um, if you're looking for more stuff from the Doof crew, you can head on to doofmedia.com. At the moment, we are reposting our 12 days of Doofmas, which was 12 straight days of Doof articles discussing usually Christmas-themed subjects. In fact, I would say entirely Christmas-themed subjects across uh, a, a wide variety of film and TV stuff. Um, that was bonus content last year, but right now it is being posted each day on the Doof website for everybody. So go over and check it out. I wrote two articles on there. They were really fun to write, and I really enjoyed seeing them again, and of course reading everybody else's articles again. Um, that content was first available to our patrons, and of course there is uh, patron-exclusive content each and every month. All kinds of things, also just like miscellaneous things, like... Um, you know, we've been playing Baba Is You for the game club. Uh, that stuff you can find out about on the Discord, which is a patron uh, perk at the lowest Patreon tier. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash doofmedia to find out more about that. And of course, head on over to patreon.com forward slash wabo to, uh, to, to support wabo for, for writing these horrifyingly devious, evil, piece of shit characters that we all love to hate. Um, but that's it from me. Uh, I might see you again if there's a bonus content this week to discuss that. But otherwise, have a wonderful holiday season and a wonderful new year. And I will catch you all next time. Bye. <laughs>